What's up? Nothing. What's up with you? Um, starting the episode with a recommendation that is not true crime related at all. Oh. Watch Bo Burnham's Inside. It was so good. I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting for Michael to come home. He'll be yes. home by the time you guys hear this and I'll have watched it then. So I'm just going to preemptively say it was great. <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. It's it's wild. Oh, I'm here for it. The, like what he's like, because I was like, oh, my God, he filmed a comedy special like just him inside one room. Like, what is this going to be? But he is like. Very talented. He's extremely talented. Yeah. He, <laughs> yes, no, he's, he is. he's like a fucking genius. Yeah. So that's no, that didn't worry me when I saw that was what was going on. What worried me was I saw that was going on and I went, oh, he's filming a comedy special in his bedroom in the middle of the pandemic. Is he good? <laughs> well, that's, that's where I mean, I'm this like, is not this is also not true crime related at all. We'll get off of this in just one second. But I went to go see uh, Make Happy was the last one. Yes. I yeah. went to go see that one live in Boston. And he was like legit quitting comedy after that. He's, he talks about it in the in the new special, but like go watch Inside. Also, I just saw Cruella today. It's very good. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Yeah. I, I've got a thing about animals. I enjoyed it. So I don't know if I can watch it. Like I will say I, without spoiling anything. Yes, you can. I, I does the dog die dot com, which no. is something I highly recommend. Also says I can. <laughs> but yes. I'm still like. Because I'll even, I watched, and I can spoil this because it's like umpteen years old and people probably wouldn't want to watch it. I watched Rampage at the gym the other day because they have this little cardio cinema. So I hop on the treadmill and I, I watch something that gets my heart rate up, but that also distracts me for an hour you, so that I don't feel like I'm dying. Can you watch True Crime? I don't get to make requests. They they, they have it. They, they pre-purchase the movies ahead of time. And they just like each day they play a different movie on a loop. And it's been like a big like The Rock week for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying there I guess have been it's like motivation. three. I mean, I will say I do better with action movies. I do best. I hate them. I do best with zombie movies because I end up like keep I'm walking so fast because I can't run. I'm I'm pathetic. I'm scared of movies and I can't run. Um, I'm like bumping up the speed on my treadmill to the point where I'm going like I'm like speed walking like a little old lady in a mall by the end of it huffing and puffing I'm burning like 500 calories in an hour I've gone like 16 Tight. miles all because the zombies I'm just like get me the fuck away get me the fuck yep. away but no I I was so engrossed in rampage with the rock there's this gorilla that's like basically like this this pathogen gets like into the air and it causes animals to become super fucking big and super fucking mean and super fucking angry and then the rock has the this is this should tell you why i was able to believe this next part the rock plays a um primatist primatist he's a he's a monkey doctor basically monkey like doctor. a monkey scientist and that was so unbelievable that I was able to fully get invested in a giant King Kong-esque albino gorilla that is so sweet and so cute and so nice and then suddenly dies saving the rock. And I'm sobbing on the treadmill, texting Michael, I love you so much and I love the cats and I just don't know what I would do without any of you. And I just love my heart rates at like 185 because I'm just like sobbing over this mutant gorilla. And well, 
Do you yeah. want to talk about something else that's unbelievable? Because Woo! I would like right. to talk about something else that's unbelievable on this podcast, which is called Crime Culture. No, I did not forget. Whoop, whoop. Five minutes oh. in. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. They're going to start timing us. They're just going to start the stopwatch as soon as they hit play. Nah, it's like it's like one of those like TV shows where you're like, did they do the opening credits yet? This is weird. <laughs> but yes, yes. That, that's what we are. So this week uh, we're continuing what ended up being a very popular episode. I was going to say by popular <laughs> demand. By popular demand. We're talking about conspiracy theories again. And we were talking about this off mic right before we started. I do want to <laughs> say that we're going to try to keep it light. Um, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, about, you know, Stuff 9-11. Oh, yeah. School shootings. Stuff that's like that's not too chill. Far. Yeah. Yeah. That we're not going to give a platform to. We've gotten requests for conspiracy theories to cover, um, but those are just to preface. Those are two that we just are not going to give a platform to because, you no. know, people fucking died and yeah. it's disrespectful to them. It's disrespectful to their families. And like, even though we're like, oh, this is so fucking stupid, like jet fuel can't melt steel beams. What the fuck is that? Like it's it's we're not going to. No, even it's, even it's even put it out there just no fuck no uh if you haven't listened to our last episode about conspiracy theories i don't remember what number episode it is but we talked about you know fun shit like birds aren't real <laughs> and, and finland's not real and it's 130 something because i was actually just looking at it because i was i was gearing myself up to I, i'm a bad co-host and i don't listen to this podcast um we listen to it once when we do it i listen to it once when we do it exactly and i get the behind the scenes shit you know but um it's 130 i want to say 136 because i was gearing up to listen to it and i could not bring myself to do it because i was just like it's it's too weird it's i feel so narcissistic and it's 135 i was one off i'm not mad at that all right that's fine yeah you got it enough 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 blabbering yes yammering let's get on these women and they're talking (laughs) uh i'm gonna start with one that a lot of people might be familiar with uh if you're of a certain age and we're talking about new coke i've heard of it yeah i'm i i don't know quite what the premise is but i will say that i like in my head i equate new coke with the clear pepsi and pepsi crystal pepsi crystal pepsi thank you i love it which they had it for a while they brought it back like i want to say a couple years ago just for like a brief stint but also one of those i'm one of those people that i love like weird sodas like then you i love weird soda you would love (laughs) it's not a soda but i went to starbucks and got a mango dragon fruit refresher the other day and apparently i I don't know if it's just you introduced me to that i did but this is a new one this is a new one i don't know if it's just where i live if it's my city or if it's like the surrounding area or my state or what but i have gone to several starbucks in the past couple of weeks because i'm not well and i have ordered this mango dragon fruit refresher and every single one they go okay but just so you know we're out of the fruit and we're out of the the like stuff so it'll look different but it'll taste exactly the same just without the fruit and so i always go yeah sure okay the first time they handed it to me anyway exactly 
I mean, yes, I like getting a little snack with my drink, but I mean, that's fine. I could live without. Yeah. It's a diet, right? Um, I They hand me this drink and I straight up, the first thing in my head, I'm like, it's Crystal Pepsi because it's clear. It looks Ew. like I got a water and I'm drinking it and I'm like, I don't want to look at this. This is why they keep Capri Sun in the pouches. I don't want to look at this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wow, was, that's really true. It was true. so unsettling. And so I just, but I've been thinking about like the new Coke Crystal Pepsi because I just, my brain goes, oh, new Coke yeah. is the same thing. Just Coca-Cola. Well, but now new that Coke, I've hijacked your thing. <laughs> new Coke, there's actually a couple of conspiracy theories about new coke because huh. the there was <laughs> coca-cola had a lot of backlash ab about new coke so mm. they quickly reversed their decision on uh <laughs> on what new coke was so the company initially changed the formula hoping that customers um would be upset with the company and demand the original formula in return this is the conspiracy oh, theory oh okay um which in turn would cause sales to spike and um, one person said, uh, one person working for Coke mm -hmm. said uh, about the speculation, quote, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart, end quote. <laughs> so that that's one's great. squashed. That's but, great. But like, that's like, that's, I would say that's the biggest conspiracy theory about new Coke is like, oh, they did it on purpose to like make everyone try it and then everyone hates it. And they're like, no, we want regular Coke back. Um. Another theory is that the switch was planned all along to cover up the change from sugar sweetened Coke to the much less expensive high fructose corn syrup, oh. a theory that was supposedly given credence by the apparent different taste of Coke Classic when it first hit the market. Um, the U.S. Sugar Trade Association took out a full page ad lambasting Coke for using high fructose corn syrup in all bottling of the old formula when it was reintroduced. Mm. In fact, Coca-Cola began allowing bottlers to remove up to half of the product's cane sugar as early as 1980, five years before the introdu introduction of New Coke. By the time the new formula was introduced, most bottlers had already switched to high-fructose corn syrup entirely for Coca-Cola. Wow. I, uh, I mean, I'm not one to, like, put a lot of stock into conspiracy theories, but, like... I think that one could be true. Yeah, that's that seems like that seems I mean, I know that that employee was like, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart, but that seems like just the right amount of dumb and smart. Well, this is a whole like when it comes to money, I am like, all right, I already kind of believe it a little bit like they're trying to save money and uh, kind of masking how their their taste is going to be different. Like, that's why Mexican Coke tastes so much better because it's like real cane sugar and mm -hmm. everyone likes it better. Yeah, <laughs> than actual Coke. I think hasn't Coke gone back to cane sugar I, in recent years? I I can't keep up. I'm a or is there a Coke stevia? There's a Isn't Coke there stevia. Like there's a, it's green. I yeah. I'm a Coke Zero ride or die. So I'm not oh. touching the stuff. Um, I've, right, I've got two cans currently sitting on my desk, ruminating. Good. Um, no, I take that back. Three. I just turned and like moved my head and I saw a third. <laughs> So, but I just, I think that's so fascinating. I thought you were going to say that there was something to do with them taking cocaine out. And well, <laughs> there's one more. Oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> there's one more conspiracy theory is that it provided cover for the final removal of all, uh, cocoa derivatives uh, from the product to placate the drug enforcement administration, uh, which was trying to eradicate the plant worldwide to combat an increase in cocaine trafficking and consumption. While Coke executives were indeed relieved the new formula contained no cocoa, 
Coca? Coca. You're asking me? It's spelled C-O-C-A. It's spelled Coca. Coca. In like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, why not? Uh, they were concerned about the long-term uh, future of the Peruvian government-owned coca fields that supplied it in the face of increasing DEA pressure to end cultivation of the crop. According to author Mark Pentergast, there was no direct pressure from the DEA on Coca-Cola to do so. This theory was endorsed in a Time article as well as um, by historian Barto Elmore, uh, who claims that the uh, reformulation was made in response to the escalating war on drugs by the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is like a cocaine theory. Yeah. I will say uh, right off the bat, my favorite Coke was a short lived holiday spice edition that I don't know what it wasn't like pumpkin spice, but it was around Christmas one year when I was like probably ooh, somewhere in between. 13 and 15 i would say so if anyone remembers that that holiday spice flavor that was the best flavor of coke that's ever been and they've never come out with it again and i miss it but yeah that's new coke i i just i i this is gonna bother me now because i have no recollection of that i know that they had the spicy coke for a while they might still have it It, like a jalapeno one it was it was yeah, it was in like a funky little slim can and it was Diet Coke and it was cherry and like jalapeno or habanero, probably not habanero, um, but it was some kind of spice with it too. So like you get the cherry Coke, but then you get a little like oomph at the end. And I, I like that's the only one that I know. Well, they had a couple like that. They had one that was like ginger too. But when is this, I just looked when it up. Did this become like a, a Coca-Cola podcast? <laughs> Now we're well, just if you want to listen Coca-Cola. to if you want to listen to a soda podcast, Chris Gethard does um, a podcast called Fizzy Boys with one of his friends. Ooh. They review sodas. Ooh, I would do that. <laughs> so go listen to Fizzy Boys. But um, anyway, what is your first conspiracy? My first conspiracy theory is Pizzagate. I know. Well, I know. Here we go. I know. This could this could be a whole episode on Pizzagate. This could be this a whole is, episode because I had no idea. Lot. Well, and there there are. I'm going to get into it, but there are like more than just the one crime that you immediately think of. There's a few related. Um, mm-hmm. So for some background, so in November 2016, so right before the election, um, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager John Podesta got his email hacked, and the emails were published by WikiLeaks. So according to the New York Times, one of the emails was between Podesta and a friend of his brother's, James Alephantis, who owned a family-friendly pizzeria in Washington, D.C. called Comet Ping Pong. And in this email they discussed, or chain of emails or whatever, they discussed this possibility of Alephantis hosting a fundraiser for Clinton. He was a fan of hers. Um, they had never met. He just was like, he's like, I'm a Democrat. I support her. I would like to... You know, got a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so and again, it's a family friendly pizzeria. So like she also, let's not forget, had that stupid association of being cold and unfeeling. So like it probably would have been a good PR moment, too. Yeah. Um, so 4chan users then took that otherwise innocuous info and fucking ran with it and began questioning the link between Clinton and the Democratic Party and this restaurant and 
They made a particularly fucking stupid connection that Comet Ping Pong is the headquarters of a global child sex trafficking ring led by the Clintons and Podesta and features prominent members like celebrities and Democrats who I'll get into in a bit. Um, I mean, I will say there are there there's an overarching conspiracy theory here about like the child sex rings and mm -hmm. the um, the involvement of Epstein and yeah. all of that yes. sort of stuff. There's some of that that I actually can subscribe to. Yes. Like I actually like the more you dive into it, obviously, I sound like a <laughs> tinfoil hat person right now. But like there's some of that that feels real. And is definitely plausible. Yes, I would agree. But this one, this one seems the pizza, the pizza the specific gate. pizza location yes. seems like a reach. Yes, it is a reach, and I can tell you exactly how much of a fucking reach it is. Um, so, a 4chan user used their little grabber hand that you use when you can't reach something on a top shelf, and posted a lengthy document with evidence, quote unquote, to a now banned alt right subreddit. And it's basically that there's no proof in this document, but it's it's clearly like fake and radicalized and everything. But he yeah. was like, oh, it's on the Internet, so it must be real. And this is 4chan. So our bar is pretty low. And a pro-government media outlet in Turkey then takes this and starts circulating it on Twitter with the hashtag Pizzagate. Um, because they were asking why people weren't taking it seriously because the Turkish government had gotten in a pretty hot water because of a scandal that had recently hit them to do with child sex abuse. And mm -hmm. they were rightfully like nailed for it. So they were like, why are our political opponents being so glib and ignoring this and acting like it's not real? And basically trying to, like, take the heat off them, but then also for people who are against this regime to be like, well, your heroes, America, are heavily involved in this shit, too. Uh -huh. And so, therefore, Pizzagate was born. People love a good hashtag. And that's really, you know. And it was, for anyone who was unaware it wasn't it kind of like a play on like watergate watergate yes yes yeah. because this like that the name leakage, at least was because yes. it was another yeah Ooh, it was a leakage. scandal blah 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 um so fake news stories on the far right they also took this and ran with it so those began of to course. grow and more and more showed up and spread online so then the comic ping pong's social media began getting comments like and so and i will say one of these I got from my source, but then I decided to do a deep dive. And I like these are actual comments that I found on their social media. Okay. We're on to you. Pedophiles. Nothing can stop what is coming. That's terrifying. Uh-huh. And are y'all still fucking kids or along with okay. tons of like gifs and photos and stuff like that of the QAnon logo which we'll we'll get into that bullshit yeah but um just it, it's it, it's it, they were just bombarded with these comments like if you go on to their their Facebook page is still up I don't think their Instagram is because I couldn't find it but their Facebook page is still up and like I'd say a good 50% of the comments are from people being like pedophiles 
And then yeah. 25% of the other comments are like, oh, I love pizza. And then the other 25% are like, yo, wasn't your guy Q saying the world was supposed to end, you dumb motherfuckers? Like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a complete, it's, it's insanity. Chaos. Yes. So, unsurprisingly, this quickly devolved from just little pissant comments on social media. And Alephantis, the pizzeria, and his employees began receiving calls and texts with death threats. Ooh, yeah. that's not cute. So, furthermore... Customers were even being harassed. People were taking photos of their kids in the pizzeria and then no. using them. Yes. And using them, posting them online to promote this like QAnon propaganda and saying that it was like uh, for these like far, far alt-right stories that like, here's the proof that there are kids here. No shit. There are kids here. It's a kid's it's a pizza pizzeria place. and it's yeah. geared toward kids. Um. So at this point, like, Alephantis was like, this is enough. And he contacted local law enforcement, the FBI, and Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, like, social media outlets to try to mitigate the widespread effects of this conspiracy theory and to, like, rein it all in. Yeah. Um, I would say when it gets to death threats, all right, let's shut the shit down. Yeah. Well, and but then also his customers, he's, he's res- presumably losing customers. All of his customers are definitely lawyering up because their kids' photos are being taken without their consent. And so it's just, it's a fucking nightmare. And and also these kids are having their photos posted on the internet and like, you know what kind of fucking nutbags live on the internet? And like, that's fucking disgusting in and of itself. Um, But even still, it was a fruitless effort because the situation continued to escalate with people showing up to the pizzeria themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of these on December 4th, 2016, um, 28-year-old North Salisbury, North Carolina, 28-year-old Salisbury, North Carolina, I fucked that up, um, resident Edgar Madison Welch walked through the front door of Comet Ping Pong armed with a Colt AR-15 rifle, a Colt .38 handgun, a shotgun, and a folding knife. And he pointed the assault rifle at an employee who ran and called the police as Welch fired the gun, hitting the restaurant's walls, door, and computer, but no employees or patrons. Nobody was hurt. Okay. And also, I don't know where to put this in. A quick aside, when I was trying to find out more information about this guy, I Googled him. And it's Edgar Madison with two Ds, Welch, like Welch's fruit shit. Yes. And... Do you know what comes up? Like, he comes up immediately, and he's got a gun in his hand, like, typical, like, redneck Tinder profile. And uh-huh. it says, screenwriter. I'm like, not terrorist? Yeah, well, isn't that the same as uh, Mark yep. Twitchell? He comes yep. up as, like, Canadian filmmaker, filmmaker yep. and not yep. murderer. Yep, I don't fucking understand this shit. Um, let's have a conspiracy theory about that. But either way... Um, Welch surrendered to the police about 45 minutes later and said that he had gone to the restaurant to, quote, self-investigate, end quote, this child sure. sex trafficking ring. And I, I don't know what is you're the guy. But also, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to march in there with all of your fucking guns and you're going to walk out like the goddamn Pied Piper of Hamlin with this like trail of children behind you that are yeah. dressed and in why rags you- and... Why are you the guy? Yeah. Who who <laughs> assigned you this? Like, did Q come down from the goddamn iCloud and tell you to come save these children? 
I don't know. It's fucking wild. I don't fucking know. So he was charged with assault with a dangerous weapon, carrying a pistol without a license, destruction of property, illegally transporting firearms over state lines and like other weapons related offenses and was ultimately sentenced to four years in prison in 2017. Um, So the attacks on the pizzeria, though, didn't stop. Um, On January 23rd, 2019, 22-year-old California resident Ryan Jaselkis, Jaselskis, 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 I don't know. He's a fucker. Something like that. He had a history of mental illness. So this is a little bit more like because these QAnon conspiracy theorists, they also prey on people like him because it's all about strength in numbers. Um, So he walked into Comet Ping Pong and set a curtain on fire. Uh, once again, nobody was hurt. Employees and a customer were able to put it out before it spread. But he was arrested and later sent to sentenced to four years in prison the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where Pizzagate started. But then it kind of took a life of its own. Well, clearly it took on a life of its own um, yep. as a foundational tenant tenant of the whack job group that I've alluded to QAnon. And they believe that Lord Cheeto himself is secretly trying to bring down the deep state and like all of Hollywood and the entertainment industry and everything because they're all just a huge fucking gaggle of pedophiles. And this has led to the condemnation. I mean, some of them probably are. Oh, some of them definitely are. And I, I believe this. And I, I believe victims. I don't believe QAnon. Or I shouldn't no. say that. I believe survivors. They're not victims. They're survivors. But... I believe I believe people who are legitimately coming to the public going, hey, this happened to me. People who have had lived experiences, yes. not people who are just yes, or whose throwing shit at a wall and seeing it's seen. Exactly. Um, but this has led to the condemnation of celebrities like Chrissy Teigen, John Legend, Tom and Rita Hanks, which if you know anything about me, don't you come for my Hankses. I, I somebody very close to me believes in this and. So I had mentioned something about Tom Hanks and she got very quiet or they got very quiet and they were just like, like, no, like he's a bad person. He's not who you think he is and blah, blah, blah. And when I tell you, I took all of my strength and energy that day to be like, listen, he is Tom motherfucking Hanks. He has done more for this goddamn Scott, world. Man. He's for he's the fucking producer of my big fat Greek wedding. He just wrote a, he just wrote a beautiful fucking op ed about the Tulsa massacre. Like. I, I just, and I know people I You're emotional. who know, know him and can confirm that he is a nice person. This is not just me assuming he, I have heard things, things he has done and things he does for people. And just, no, no, don't you come for my hangses. Um He looks vaguely like my father-in-law. Holy shit. He, he does. <laughs> he looks like Elliot's dad. Holy <laughs> shit. Now I'm not going to be able to look Elliot's dad in the eye at the wedding. Thank you. Um, but the, also they've come for brands like Wayfair with that whole like children in the, in the bureau thing that was going yes, on for a while. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. But I remember that either way, like this, this used to be associated with, cause this started in 2016. It used to be associated with like older people that were believing this, but it recently within the past like couple of years has now found a new younger generation on TikTok that have started to absorb this and become interested in this i knew that gen z was gonna like get hit eventually and here it is like yes we may love our avocado toast but goddamn we don't believe in pizzagate yeah so 
Yeah, I would say Woo. out of all of the conspiracy theories that we're going to be covering in this episode, that one's like the biggest bummer. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as I said you that, have the bummer. I, I have the funny one. I have one more bummer. I think. I think okay. I have one more well, bummer. Can I get? Can I get to a funny one first? Yes, absolutely. I please. Can I talk please. about GPS sharks? <laughs> can you? Turn I need to talk about them. One? So. And this is like this is like relatively like within the past ten years. So what? in 2010, a number of shark attacks occurred off the coast of Egypt, and that's not new. It no, happens. it happens. If you go in the water, you're in their territory. So prepare to get, get fucking whacked. Yeah. Um, what got these ta- attacks more pressed than normal, though, is when the South Sinai governor Mohammed Abdul Fadil Shosha, uh, he came out and declared Israel's secret society secret agency Mossad was behind the attacks that this society was behind shark attacks Um, not only did he claim um, they committed the murders but they did so by using attack sharks that they'd personally trained to kill unsuspecting swimmers more shark attacks happened, leading to even more wild stories about Mossad's shady dealings with fish including one uh diver mustafa ismail who claimed the covert agency had been using sharks with gps trackers as assassins then the uk's express newspaper ran a story about israel equipping dolphins with killer arrows to take out unsuspecting palestinian officials oh my god yeah um people actually thought that this was like a real thing i just said they were training sharks and dolphins to go to war for them uh, I mean, I think I think it's true that at one point, like, I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to say that this is true. I'm going to say that I had heard it before, um, that dolphins were trained to find bombs underwater. Oh. I don't know if that's I mean, actually they're, true. They're highly intelligent animals. Yes. So. But I don't think sharks are... You, are being... You talking told shit? ...told to go kill people. You talking shit about my man, Ru- Bruce? I love sharks. Sharks are my favorite. He's having fish tonight. <laughs> sharks are my favorite, but I don't think that they're being told, go go get that one. I don't like this anti-shark propaganda from you because first we've got the GPS shark. No, first we've got Jaws. Then we've got the GPS sharks. I'm not coming for sharks on this podcast. It's all been you. Well, I talked about Jaws because it was New Jersey based and uh, my New Jersey love kind of precedes anything else. So... So what you're saying is you don't love sharks. You love New Jersey. I am just, this is the Haley's canceled party. She loves New Jersey and she's talking shit about sharks. Everybody holiday. I I actually just looked it up while you were talking before and uh, it's not holiday spice Coke. It's holiday spice Pepsi. I'm sorry. No one go crazy and try to look for it. Cancel her. Sorry. Anyway, you talked about a bummer. I talked about GPS sharks. It's consequence so, culture, Haley. Get used to it. Go back to your your bummer. Tell me something we've, else sad. We've got one more bummer, and it's like it's it's just a, it's it's not a mild bummer. It's a bummer bummer. It's that Hitler didn't die. He escaped. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Here we go. Tell me about it. Here we fucking go. So as the story goes, instead of committing suicide in the, I didn't know this is this was what it was called, but it fucking kills me every time. 
the Führer bunker. That is what they called the place where he yes. like hid out the Führer bunker. And I'm not saying they oh. isn't like historians. I'm he saying was... the fucking Nazis were like the Führer bunker. Duh. Yeah. Um. So instead of committing suicide in the Führer bunker on April 30th, 1945, as those unreliable history books would say, um, Hitler and his wife Eva Braun allegedly fled to a variety of places, depending on which source you look at. But one of the more popular ones is that they fled to Norway, hopped on a U-boat, and arrived in Argentina two months later. And well, didn't a lot of uh, like high-ranking SS officers flee to Argentina and well, and places like that? A lot of people fled. A lot of people were recruited in what was called Operation Paperclip by the U.S. So they like yes. took like scientists and things like that, and basically were like, "Oh, just come to the U.S. and we'll pretend this didn't happen if you can just use your use your smarts." Um, yep. But because, you know, that's who. Um, but yeah, so they lived in Argentina and were happily ever after and never were discovered or taken into custody, despite being two fucking racist white ass people in South America, one which has a literal Hitler mustache. But did he shave? That's what I was going to ask. Did he shave the mustache? You know, I, I haven't I haven't been in contact with him. But next time he and I do a Zoom, I will let you know. How's that? Yeah, that, that one's a bummer. It's we're not done. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> um, so the theory was first publicized by Marshal Georgi Zukov at a press conference orchestrated by Joseph Stalin. I'm sure you've all heard of him. On uh, June 9th, 1945, on orders from Soviet... Oh, I wrote that twice. Okay. Well, either way, Stalin told him to do the thing. Um, a month later, during the Potsdam conference, Stalin himself said that Hitler was living, quote, in Spain or Argentina, end quote. And mm -hmm. then that same month... British newspapers published comments from a Soviet officer that they had found, quote, a very poor double, end quote, as in like a body double, when Hitler's uh -huh. burned, quote unquote, body was discovered. So American newspapers then also started reporting on the subject, publishing a story from the Russian garrison commandant of Berlin, who said Hitler had, quote, gone into hiding somewhere in Europe, end quote. Now, in addition to obviously causing panic around the world for people, um, this rumor had other consequences that were a bit more severe, including there was a big resurgence of Nazism in Germany. They were like, oh, uh -huh. our leader is not dead. Well, then we can just keep on trucking until he comes back. And he did come back and he assumed the name Q. No, um, mm -hmm. but... In, ad in addition to all of this, in November 1945, the head of counterintelligence in the British sector of Berlin, Dick White, which is whew, unfortunate, assigned Agent Hugh Trevor Roper to investigate and disprove these claims. Like, literally, he was like, look into these and bring up the receipts. And uh -huh. so Trevor Roper confirmed in a 1946 report that Hitler and Braun had died by suicide in Berlin in the, say it with me, friends, Führer bunker. And then he also published a book with these findings in 1947. So he was like, here are the receipts. Here are the receipts laminated. And even still, the rumor did not die. Uh, that same year that the book was published, a poll found that 51% of Americans believed Hitler was still alive. That's too, mar I too many. I would poll those same Americans to ask, who is Hitler? Honey, I, I was going to say, I don't think you can pull those same Americans from 1947 unless you went to, like, the local cemetery. That's okay. <laughs> but Trevor Roper said of the case and of, like, people who believed in it and everything, he said, quote, 
the desire to invent legends and fairy tales is greater than the love of truth, end quote, which somebody put me, put wow. that, call me chuggy, but put that shit on a t-shirt. I'll wear it. Sure. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Um, so in the U.S., several now declassified, relatively recently declassified federal reports covered theories of Hitler's escape from Germany and alleged sightings of him all over the world. Um, the FBI states that the information within these documents can't be verified. And basically they were just like, no, like he's fucking dead. Um, yeah. But one CIA document from October 3rd, 1955 addressed the claims. Um, Philip Citroen a self-proclaimed former German SS officer said that Hitler was still alive um, in the document. Hitler, I mean, Hitler Citroen said that Hitler quote, left Colombia for Argentina around January, 1955 end quote. And with this document was a photograph that pictured Citroen with somebody who he said was Hitler. And okay. on the back was written Adolf Schuttelmeier and the year 1954. So okay. in the report, neither the person who reported his conversations with Citroen nor the CIA station who was investigating it um, said they were not, quote, in a position to give an intelligent evaluation of the information, end quote. And the station chief's superiors told him to just drop it because, quote, enormous efforts could be expended on this matter with remote possibilities of establishing anything concrete, end quote. Mm-hmm. So basically the CIA was also like, this is a stupid theory. It's a waste of time. Nobody remotely intelligent believes this theory. Move on, move on. Let's tap Marilyn Monroe's phones instead. What? Um, so the theory though is still going strong. Uh, people still mm-hmm. believe it. It's it, it's at a point where like, not only do people still believe it, but they've heard of it. They know about it. They they Whether they believe in it or not, like everybody's kind of heard of this one. Um, it's mm-hmm. been referenced in a bunch of like pop culture, just like staples throughout the years, including the Simpsons. Um, there was, there's an episode where Bart is on the phone. He calls some random number, I think is how it goes. And Hitler picks up in Argentina. Um, uh-huh. Or there's an Amazon prime series called hunters, which is pretty cool. If you're like, okay with somewhat gory shit, it's very like inglorious bastards. But it takes place in the 70s and there's this group of Nazi hunters and they're all from like different walks of life and like they don't look like any of them would be friends. Like there's like a teenager and there's like an elderly Al Pacino and then there's like Ted from How I Met Your Mother and then there's like a fucking nun and it's just there's all kinds of like random people but they're all in this group of Nazi hunters and basically the, the premise is that the the Nazis all went into hiding and are planning on creating a fourth Reich. And they're, so they're going around killing these Nazis to prevent this. They're all Jewish or they are victims in some way of Uh the, of um, Hitler's regime. Yes. Yeah. And so they just kill any like, members or whatever but then at some point i guess it's uncovered that hitler is alive in germany in um argentina and then they're just like oh well i guess we got to take care of that then i don't know i haven't finished the series yet so it was a spoiler for me you guys can deal with spoilers too um but that is it now we're not sad anymore okay good for probably yeah okay mine mine's not a bummer mine's just weird (laughs) i'm gonna talk about the time cube (laughs) where do you come up with these fucking things I fucking found weird ones. 
<laughs> so the time cube is a pseudoscientific theory of time and space developed by Gene Ray. Now, you would think somebody who came up with this scientific theory would be, I don't know, a scientist. No. Or somebody with a um, uh, high degree, uh, some a very learned person. Yeah. Um, while there's nothing wrong with his profession, uh, Gene Ray was a former electrician. So I don't know why he was the guy to come up with this theory. Uh, but he insisted that academics around the world were purposefully concealing the fact that four simultaneous days occur during a single rotation of the Earth rather than just one. Uh, so he was saying okay. when the sun rises and sets and there's like that the one rotation around, that's four days, not one. And he's like, all these scientists are telling you it's one day. I'm telling you it's four. Um. He even gave lectures at the Massachusetts and Georgia Institutes of Technology on his theory. Um, he had a self-designed website, which was basically just a stream of consciousness with intermittent capitalized words. One of those like angel fire websites with a black background and like green, like neon green writing. Mm -hmm. um, and he offered a thousand dollar reward to anyone who could successfully disprove his theory. I'm guessing he was a poor man. That's, yeah, I was going to say. I, uh, or he's he, not very confident. He died, in his <laughs> he died at the age of 87 on March 18th, 2015. Or, as his own Wikipedia page suggests, could be interpreted as the dates <laughs> March 16th to the 20th. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's fucking uh, good. But his theory and website have remained a source of fascination for many. The Verge calls it, quote, arguably one of the most notorious single web pages online, an endless wall of text about the conspiracy to suppress an absurdist mathematical model of time, end quote. Okay. So that's the time cube. All right. Okay. Sure. Now you. Whee! Here we go. So next up, we have subliminal advertising. <gasps> I love I'm so glad this is real though I believe this is real oh, for fuck's sake so for those <laughs> who I'm gonna be nice for those who don't believe it um, have you ever seen the movie Josie and the Pussycats if I you haven't have you should alright you really really okay. fucking should um, it's it's a goddamn masterpiece but it, it's like 2001, I want to say. And it's got like Tara Reid. Remember when Tara Reid was popular? Yep. And the girl from She's All That, Rachel Lee Cook, and Alan Cumming, Parker Posey, fucking Rosario Dawson's in this shit. Right, it's I so it, good. It. It's so fucking impressive. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But it's fucking impressive. Um, so uh, just just remember that. You're, it's not going to make sense to you. But other people who've seen it, just remember that. Um, so subliminal advertising, basically people who believe in this believe that ad agencies and brands sneak hidden messages and images into commercials, print ads, radio, or say podcast ads, <gasps> um, et cetera, to basically brainwash consumers into wanting to buy a product or to have a sudden urge to do something or like something that may be out of character or may not be like an, an immediate like, oh, this is what they would do. Um, sort Holiday of thing. Spice Pepsi. Holiday Spice Pepsi. Um, <laughs> and the key thing is that it's subliminal, so they don't notice that this effect is being had on them. Holiday um, Spice Pepsi. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so 
while a lot of these have to do with, like I said, like products, like holiday spice. Pepsi. Oh, that's some ASMR shit. Um, it can also deal with things like power and money and sex and like because those industries are also indirectly affected. Like for example, like say it. Holiday spice Pepsi. makes you horny. So then all of a sudden it everything in sex. <laughs> I pity Elliot. Um, <laughs> so, but then all of a sudden, condom sales go up, and like dildo sales go up, and like, what are some other sex things? Help me, help, help my virgin ass. I don't know. Um, sex, sex, sex goes up, and like the Dow for sex goes up. That's finance, right? Um, so that's kind of the general theory. But alleged the first time subliminal advertising was used was in 1957 when market researcher James Vicari secretly inserted the phrases drink Coca-Cola and eat popcorn into a movie so that audience members would have this sudden urge to buy those products from the theater's concession stand. However, Vicari's results, which showed that Coca-Cola sales increased by 18.1% and popcorn sales increased by 57.8%, were proven maybe it's just because you're at the fucking movies no they were doctored oh okay one better yeah um so wilson brian key who wrote subliminal seduction and vance packard who wrote the book hidden the hidden persuaders they're also proponents of this theory um with these with these books which claimed that subconscious messages in advertising were everywhere and wreaking havoc on the psyches of consumers so the public panic caused by like these books and Vickery's study and others like his study basically caused the FCC to have to like have like a meeting and they debunked the theory. But, you know, and that's also when like Vickery's findings were proven to be false. Um, but like, you know how conspiracy theorists are and they just won't let something go. And mm-hmm. so it just still kind of like there were like waves and then in the 1980s concerns over subliminal messaging in consumer products rose again over fears that bands were implanting messages in their music yes this is a very popular theory yes, in which case we cut to Josie and the Pussycats because the whole premise of the movie spoiler alert but also it's been fucking oh fuck it's been like 20 years um it's been 84 years um so they get this recording contract and they're like, oh, my God, finally, somebody sees that we're good. But in actuality, their music is being used as a vehicle because this this band that was originally being used for subliminal advertising disappears. And so they're just like, oh, like we need somebody else and we need somebody who is desperate to be successful. And we need somebody who is sure, like they can be good, I guess. But like more than anything, they need to be like unknown so that like because like for example beyonce who was just i think like a twinkle in the eye of hollywood at that point would not be like yeah sure like let's do that they needed somebody who wouldn't know any better um and who wasn't familiar with the industry and so they cut to josie and the pussycats and so their album had like buy from target like their bathrooms and their their apartments and everything were themed with like different like burger king i think was one of them target was definitely Mm -hmm. one of them like you'd walk in and like you've got a fucking bullseye on like the toilet and there's a shower curtain that's all target and the entire bathroom is red and white and it's just it's Mm -hmm. it's it really you need to watch it it's fucking the set design is incredible but um so they figured this out and blah 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 but that that's why i brought that up in the beginning but 
in real life, rock band Judas Priest was actually sued in 1990 because the parents of this teenager claimed that there were subliminal messages in their music that made their kid commit suicide. Ooh. Yep. And shockingly, though I do feel for the parents, the case was dismissed. Um, so and I, I paused because I'm like, oh, I mean, not shock. I feel for the parents in that their kid is dead and grief does terrible things to you and you're looking for yeah. answers and someone to blame. And I get that and I understand that and I see that. But also that's not it. This ain't it. Um, but yeah, so subliminal, what you may be thinking of, you may be thinking of two things. One is subliminal mental processing. That exists. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. It can be tested. It's a whole thing. That's like the thing of like, um, like fast food companies all use like the specific colors that like trigger something in your brain to make you hungry. Right, right. Or like it's, it's, it's less. It's, it's That's like a marketing. Thing. Yes. It's, it's more of a stim of, of a stimuli than like a, like a deep in your brain sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, how somebody like subconsciously like perceives a message or like, for example, you look at the, we'll use the fast food company thing. You look at the advertisement and it's got the colors that make you hungry, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like McDonald's, like the, the bright red and the yes, yellow are supposed yes. to like trigger something in your brain that makes you hungry. Yes. So that makes sense. But if they've got say like, etching in the fucking burger patty that says you will only eat mcdonald's or some bullshit like that like that doesn't do shit but it, it's it could be that it could also be especially now people are like oh like tech like they're they're they they know what i want before they know what i want no like there's a microphone in your camera there's a microphone in your computer there's microphones in the cameras and computers of people around you like these things Get ready to get all the ads for holiday spice Pepsi, no, everybody. Me. <laughs> I'm getting goddamn wedding ads from you. So, like, you told me about your registry the other day, and all of a sudden, that website I'm getting ads for. And m of Good. course, it's it makes it for a super comfortable conversation when we're just trying to watch goddamn SNL, and I suddenly have to turn to Michael and go, "Look, this isn't like me whispering into the phone. Marriage, weddings, just get diamonds." A bunch of I'm like, I'm so sorry. Bunch of wedding registry ads. That's really, that's what I've been getting. I've been getting that. I'm probably going to get more now in addition to the your holiday spice Pepsi. But yeah, I mean, we're like, we're when we're talking about that, that's something completely different. But then also like to to believe in such a thing also gives the implication that like, yes, we're stupid, but we're not that stupid. Like you see all the time, if there's if there's like a single second frame of a movie or a commercial or a music video or something that's showing us a message, people aren't like gonna be like, "Oh, I want McDonald's." They're gonna go, "Oh, what was that?" And then they're gonna because we're living in the 21st century, they're gonna take their little buffer thing and scroll back to find out what exactly that thing said, and then go, "Oh, that's a dumb little message. That's a silly little mm -hmm. thing." And it's always something like, "Tell your mom I said hi" or something silly, but like they're gonna notice the blip we're not we don't blink in such a way that we wouldn't notice the blip we're gonna notice the blip so i'm not saying that you shouldn't believe in subliminal advertising Haley. i'm just saying maybe maybe just think about what i have to say i believe it <sighs> okay anyway i give up 
<laughs> yeah. I quit. All right, I got one. How do you? This one is is pretty fun. I like this. It's also I I raise the question of the conspiracy and then I debunk it in uh, the same. Um, story. I raise so a question. Why did you say here's a fun one? Mine was fun. We talked about Josie and the Pussycats. Is yours about Bob Dylan stealing "Blowing in the Wind" from a New Jersey high schooler? No, because that one's fun. No, that is that. I can tell you right now that can't be true about Bob Dylan. But if you were to say that it was John Mayer, I would fully believe you. Yeah. Well, I just this theory was made famous by a 1963 Newsweek article that quote threw Bob Dylan into a depression for months. Shit. Is according to his biographer. It stated that the song was supposedly written by a New Jersey high schooler named Lore Wyatt. Hmm. I think it's Lore, L-O-R-R-E. Lori? Um, like Lori? Chuck Lori? Sure. Lori. I'll say Lori. Lori Wyatt. And that Dylan had either bought or stolen the song, depending on which version of the story you believe, and put it on his second album, The Freewheel and Bob Dylan. <laughs> Love it. Believers in this theory will point to a 1962 performance of Lori Wyatt's band, at his New Jersey high school, the band played Blowing in the Wind, and Wyatt told the school paper that he had written the song. So when it appeared on Dylan's album the following year, those who had heard it before assumed that it was theft. Mm-hmm. The theory was further bolstered by the song's copyright date, which came after Dylan recorded the song. Theorists say that he realized after recording it that the copyright was up for grabs, so he grabbed it. Wait, who? If uh, Bob okay, Dylan. Okay, okay. He, he copyrighted the song after it came out and after it was on yes, the album. okay, okay. Yeah. So if anyone is in a position to squash a theory, it's going to be Wyatt. And he has. Oh. In 1974, he wrote an article admitting that he was the only liar. Uh, he had found the lyrics and music to Blowing in the Wind, published in 1962 issue of Broadside, which is a folk magazine. He passed it off as as his own and inadvertently created a legend that would stick out for decades. And as he puts it, making him, quote, uh, looks like Pinocchio had a pug nose. I, I don't know. Sounds to me like Bob Dylan's people just got to him with a hefty check. I don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's wild. Blown in the wind. That's so wild. Also, why would you put yes. that in a folk magazine if it's not released yet? Right. And not Dude, copyrighted. Uh, yeah, like and just he's like lucky. a high schooler to fucking lie about a song that he wrote. Well, yeah, but also Bob Dylan's fucking lucky that like somebody else didn't see it and try to pass it off as their own and then go, oh, it's not yeah, copyrighted. Right? Like somebody get me my goddamn time machine. I'm about to become rich and famous. Yeah. No, I won't. I'm a woman. And back then, no. But yeah, damn. That's that. All right. Well, that's that. I got, I got, I got this one. Um, you this is this is a this is an obscure one, but um have you ever heard of the theory that the earth is flat? We're gonna talk about <laughs> flat earth right now. Really? Really? We're talking about We talked it? about Fine. holiday right, spice okay. Pepsi. We can talk about flat earth for two fucking minutes. Fucking We're talking about flat earth for more than two minutes because this could use an entire episode. Is that why you're mad? Because we could we've we've squandered one of our millions of episode ideas? Well, that's cute that you think the Earth is flat because um, it's hollow. So, <sighs> Christ on a- There you go. All right. Okay. Um, for those who don't know, people think the Earth is flat. That's it. That's the end. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is pretty much the end. Yeah. TLDR, it's not. Um, but this concept's been around for like centuries. It's basically ebbed and flowed. Scientists 
and historical figures have been fucking executed for being like, yo, no, the earth is round. Um, but it's had a huge resurgence in the past couple of decades because of the internet being a thing because now these people can all find each other and spread this misinformation and develop little like Facebook groups and subreddits and message boards and just like feed off each other stupid and perpetuate this theory and for those who don't know so modern flat earthers they're like yes the earth is flat but here's the thing this is why nobody thinks the earth is flat NASA everybody get your tinfoil hats NASA and other government agencies are conspiring to make fake evidence that the Earth is round, with NASA even guarding the Antarctic ice wall that surrounds the Earth so that nobody will uncover this discovery. Uh, that's because NASA stands for never a straight answer. <laughs> Whose side are you on? <laughs> I listen to a podcast about Flat Earth. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, n- <laughs> so, might as well you know plug what? it, because now I'm that you're board. convincing people, they're malleable minds... I, I'm pretty sure it was last podcast. Oh, okay. I've been going through their uh, their library oh, okay. since the beginning of the pandemic because <laughs> depression. Well, yes, but I thought you meant like there's a there's a podcast that's solely about there probably is, but oh, we're I'm not sure there it. is. Yeah. Um, so they say that NASA photoshops its satellite images and cite the fact that like For the sure. ocean changes colors in certain photos. Got nothing to do with light, I guess. And continents will appear to be light in different depth. spots in different photos as proof almost like i don't know the earth fucking spins and in addition to thinking that the earth is flat they believe that nasa and its fellow space organizations have also in in like in addition to faking the earth being round they think that they've faked the moon not the moon landing the moon the moon is not real yeah outer space yeah the moon's not real outer space is not real and so on and so forth um so while this might seem like an obviously fake theory there are a bunch of people who believe in them um a 2019 an alarming number it's, uh, it is i'm about to give it to you um if you will just take a sip of your holiday pepsi um i can't because they discontinued oh, it no um so a 2019 survey conducted by the data Folha institute found that seven percent of brazilian people reject the concept um, and a 2018 YouGov survey found that as many as one in six Americans are not entirely sure that the world is round. If I got in a room <laughs> with my, my like five closest friends and one person said that they weren't sure if the earth was round. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You can. You can. Because there is a... We're going to take a poll at the There is a flat earth society. You should have put that on the invitations. Um, Check here if you think the earth is flat. Um, There's a flat earth society. It's called the International Flat Earth Research Society, or IFERS, which was founded by Samuel Shenton in 1956 in Dover, England. Um, There are multiple conferences where they can all, like, convene, including the Flat Earth International Conference. Um... Uh, there's reality star t- t- former reality star i don't really know what she does anymore she had a myspace at one point so that about tells you where she was Who didn't tila tequila she's a flat earther oh God. yeah <gasps> b.o.b he sang or Haley williams sang it on the song but can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are shooting stars he's also pretending that the earth is flat um <sighs> it, it's there's there's like there are real people who really believe this and are outspoken wow. about it. Yeah, but, they have to be, right? I mean, I guess. But, whoo, boy. Um, and in 2018, Netflix released a documentary titled Behind the Curve about flat earthers. 
um, or the flat earth conspiracy theory, I guess is more accurate because it, it's got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a 66% Google score and an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think you can still watch it um, and a 66% audience score, but it's, it's something that's in the synopsis for those who want to know is the internet has revived or quote the internet has revived the conspiracy theory that the earth is flat and america's flat earth movement appears to be growing despite its detractors in the scientific community end quote and yeah it's directed by daniel j clark um it's 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 a thing he also produced um good for him yeah good for him just good for everybody but that is that is that is it that is the the flat earth now that, that is flat earth in the literally the smallest nutshell the smallest because nutshell. like yes, i said gotta keep it it could be keep it small it could be a whole thing um so the last one that i have <laughs> that you that have i think we both I was gonna yeah say, that we both so have we 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 went to give each other the like a word to do with each of ours without spoiling it or whatever and to see if we had any the overlap. first one Haley goes so the word is paul and i fucking rocked it are you like what the fuck yeah. there are so many you have so many weird little conspiracy theories and you've got to take mine and the worst part is i went back and forth as i said to Haley, between paul mccartney spoiler alert it's about paul mccartney and avril lavigne yeah. and i was like i started working on avril lavigne as my theory and then i went no i'm gonna go with paul fuck avril and now avril fucked me i guess yeah. So <sighs> the theory is we'll we'll cover it together. We'll hold the hands. theory is that Paul McCartney is dead. Yeah. Um so theorists claim um the other Beatles have covered up his death mm-hmm. since nineteen sixty six or nineteen sixty nine, depends on the source I was looking at. Um yes, you're raising I'm your raising hand. my hand because my mine has different <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Um when do they think they were covering so up? So on November 9th, 1966, McCartney got into a fight with the rest of the Beatles during a recording session and he drove yeah. off all pissed and then either was decapitated in a freak car accident or just fucking like shot his brains out. Oh. And that is when he. So now we're on the same timeline again. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so apparently the rest of the Beatles hired somebody who looked like him, sang like him, and had the same personality. Yes, you're raising your hand again. His name was William Shears Campbell or Billy Shears, depending on who you ask. Perfect. And he's credited with writing Blackbird and Hey Jude by these yeah. conspiracy theorists. Okay. Um, <laughs> but apparently guilt eventually got to them and they began hiding clues in their music. Mm-hmm. In the song Taxman, George Harrison uh, gave his, quote, advice for those who die meaning Paul. Yeah. Uh, the entire Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band album was uh, supposedly just filled with clues that Paul is dead. Um, yes. I have some examples of those clues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this yes, is, go this ahead. is such a fucking mess. Um, so people who believe in this, like conspiracy theory, think that for one thing, the fact that around the time of Sgt. Pepper, they also retired from doing live performances. And they were like, oh, mm. are they doing it's it because it'll be, be too, too obvious? Um, yeah. But so the the image on their album, so George is pointing to a line on the Sergeant Pepper sleeve and Paul is wearing an OPD patch. And they say that that indicates that Paul was officially pronounced dead or OPD mm-hmm. at five o'clock in the morning on November 10th, 
and the li- like the the line that he's pointing to is the number five is like a fifth, and that's yeah. that's part of. I got more, but I'll let you. I'll let you. Yeah, retake I have. The reins. Uh, I have a couple of them. Um, John Lennon's "A Day in the Life." There was the lyrics quote: "He blew his mind out in a car," uh, and the recorded phrase: "Paul is dead. Yep. Miss him. Miss him." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which uh, apparently becomes evident when the song is played backwards. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently at one point at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, yep. Lennon mumbles, I buried Paul. Uh-huh. Um, in interviews, Lennon says the phrase was actually cranberry sauce. Oh, okay. I mean, Zigga Zigga so, is supposed to mean shit and cigars in fucking If You Want to Be My it? Lover. Yes. And it's them talking shit about a, an executive who they thought was just fucking grimy as shit. And so the, I always thought yeah. that song was about threesomes. I mean, it, it, I'm saying the line "zig a cigar" is <laughs> oh, oh, them okay. saying "sig" and or "shit" and cigars, and it just like devolved uh. because they were talking about this dude who, like, I I don't remember the exact story if he was like smoking cigars while he took a shit in the bathroom or what. But, but that's the point. Like, they thought he was gross, and they just started like making fun of him. <laughs> that's how uh, along the same lines is that the <laughs> from uh, Friday yeah. the thir- not Friday the thirteenth yeah. Friday the thirteenth that's supposed to be like kill ma like oh no i don't like that fuck no fuck no so i don't like that 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 was a whole thing not like but anyway um back to fucking paul (laughs) um paul is dead believers think that the beatles accompany these backwards tape loops and veiled references to death with album covers like i said uh like you had said uh that illustrated his loss i have more album covers (laughs) Before I'm a fucking mess. Um, so Abbey Road is a big one for these people. Um, yeah. So the the album cover has been interpreted as a funeral procession with John being uh-huh. dressed in white, so he's the preacher, and then Ringo is in black, so he's the undertaker, and then poor fucking George because he's wearing denim. They're like, oh, he's the grave digger, and then Paul is of course the corpse. Um, mm-hmm. But then furthermore, on the album cover, there's a little Volkswagen Beetle. And it has a license plate that reads 28IF. And that's how old Paul would have been if he were still alive, they said. Ah. He was 27. But that's what they said. And and apparently Paul wore no shoes because he didn't need he them. Was dead, he was dead. Because he was the corpse, yes. And he was out of step with the other yes. guys. And and yeah. then uh, at the end of I Am The Walrus, cuckoo cuckoo um, there's a so they used a soundbite from a scene of a live BBC broadcast broadcast of Shakespeare's King Lear with the character Oswald groaning, oh, untimely death. Mm, and that's another okay. one. But and really quick. So do you have how this became a thing? I do not. OK, Ooh, I get to talk. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, so this started circulating around 1967, but it became super popular in, like you were saying, about 1969. On yeah. October 12th, 1969, there was this radio station called WKNR, and they were based in Detroit, Michigan. And the radio host, Russ Gibb, um, got a call from a listener who requested that he play the, quote, number nine, number nine, end quote, intro from the Beatles' white album track, Revolution 9, that he play it backwards, and okay. when you play it backwards, it played the words, quote, turn me on dead man, end quote. And so the person was just like, this is because Paul is dead. And so the rumor blew up and then everybody started doing these deep dives into all of these other albums and being like, yo, 
Billy Shears is fucking Paul and yeah. I am the walrus, Kukukachu, and all of that other stuff. And then you can pick that up from there. Look at us taking turns. This is like joint um, podcast. Co- oh, but I can keep going. Uh, everybody's worst nightmare. Buckle up, buttercups. So, a f- like, a, that was October 12th. Everybody, there, there were consequences <laughs> to this. Yeah. One of which being on October 26th, John Lennon fucking called into WKNR and was fucking pissed. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I would like to say that it was because he was pissed on behalf of Paul, but in actuality, it was probably because he had a, a single coming out and he didn't want it to be overshadowed by yeah. his, his former bandmates, like fucking conspiracy probably. theory. But um, he, he, he basically was like, I don't want to talk about Paul's fucking bare feet. And like he said, quote, it's the most stupid rumor I've ever heard. It sounds like the same guy who blew up my Christ, my Christ remark, end quote, because he said that whole thing about Jesus. And yeah. then about the coded messages, he said he wasn't dressed as a preacher on the Abbey Road cover and that, quote, they said I was wearing a, ri- a white religious suit. I mean, did Humphrey Bogart wear a white religious suit? All I've got is a nice Humphrey Bogart suit, end quote. And he like he kept ranting and ranting and he goes, quote, I don't know what Beatles records sound like backwards. I never play them backwards, end quote. Yeah. He probably doesn't play them to begin with. When, Same thing as recording the I podcast. Was say, he was there when they were recorded. Uh, call me John Lennon just without me beating the shit out of Michael um, and neglecting my kitties, even though they may say the otherwise if I feed them one minute over their designated feeding time. But um, not only that, but for those who don't know, Paul isn't dead. He is still very much alive. I would know because right before the pandemic, I tried to get tickets to one of his last concerts. Allegedly, he'll probably be back. And it was something like $300 for nosebleed seats. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that, especially if I can't like convince Michael to go with me. I'm not going to pay to go do it by myself. Will I pay $300 to get mid-tier seats to the Jonas Brothers? Yes, I did. And I would do it again. Um, But he he's aware of this theory he is very much aware of this theory um yeah and also just how fucking wrong it is so in a 1974 interview with rolling stone he said quote someone from the office rang me up and said look paul you're dead and i said oh i don't agree with that end quote <laughs> like oh thank god he was just like uh, that's funny because i just checked my pulse and um so in fact when this rumor just kind of catapulted into public attention he was uh, nowhere to be found and they were like oh that's proof no he was fucking hiding out not hiding out but he was just kind of he took a step back from the public eye to be in on his secluded farm in scotland with his family because his daughter mary had just been born and Mm -hmm. she was about like six weeks old when this conspiracy theory really like kind of hit the fan and so he told rolling stone quote they said look what are you going to do about it it's a big thing it's a big thing breaking in america you're dead and so i just said leave it just let them say it it'll probably be the best publicity we've ever had and i won't have to do a thing except stay alive so i managed to stay alive through it end quote so paul mccartney is just doing he's like this is a stupid ass theory but if it makes me money (laughs) and i love it i love it it kills me every time look at us I would just say, uh, if you think that this theory is child's play, there's a completely different theory that says that the Beatles never existed at all, and then they were played by almost identical actors. That's basically the the fucking plot of Yesterday, which is another good movie that you should see if you haven't seen it. After you watch Josie and the Pussycats, I haven't yet. I I know I've been yelling at you to see it, and you just and I also I said this to Haley, and I will say it to you too. 
if you see it, let us know or let me know or whatever, because there is a moment and you will know. That's all I'm going to say. There is a moment where just like, I fucking lost it. You'll fucking, you'll know. You're going to go, oh, this is the thing Caitlin was talking about. And don't watch the movie on a plane. All right. Because that's what I did. And don't do that. (laughs) That was a mistake. That was almost as big a mistake as the time Michael, um, he's probably going to kill me for saying this, watched Coco on a flight once. And I was like, why would you do that? All of your grandparents are dead. Why would you do that? why would you and i kept saying to him because he was like that coco movie looks kind of cool and they don't really talk about what happens in coco and i know what happens in coco and i just kept saying to him i'm like no it doesn't look that good i don't really want to watch it i don't think we should watch it it doesn't look that good i i wasn't with him on the flight i should have been with him on the flight (laughs) and he just like i just watched coco and it fucking decimated me like I tried. Of course it does. I was like, do you really think that I was going to say a Pixar movie is shit? No, I just didn't want you to watch it and like fucking die over it. But no. Yeah. That's all. Anywho. Anyhow. Those are our conspiracy theories for this episode. Yeah. And Haley, and, Haley uh, wants, she wants to put in a formal request that if you happen to have Holiday Spice Pepsi, please pass it along. I want it. Please pass it along. You know, her wedding it is coming. Great. If if <gasps> put that on your registry, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's on eBay. I'm sure it's on eBay. It probably tastes like dust. But anyway, um, you can go to our website. It's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. When you're there, you will see all of the links to our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can also join our Patreon. The link is there. Thank you to all of our patrons. We laugh. We do. And uh, we got some fun stuff. I'm going to say later on this summer, late in the summer, we're going to be announcing something fun that we're going to be doing in October along with Spooktober. Caitlin's looking at me weird, but she agreed to this months ago. (laughs) So so we will talk about it off mic, but get ready for a fun thing. My cute little, like... You know, it involves male. You know the very hungry. That doesn't help me. You know the very hungry caterpillar. I have yeah. one, but it's my little very hungry depression caterpillar, and he just kind of burrows little holes in my brain, which sounds a lot grosser than it is. It's, it's fine. It cheese. doesn't hurt. And I'm pretty sure that's what's going on here is that he just ate that little part. But he's very hungry, so we have to let him eat. R.I.P. Eric Carl. Okay. Well, um, yeah. There's that. Should we and- go? Yeah, we need to leave now. It's very hard to let ourselves out. We're just going to see ourselves out. Yeah. So, bye. Bye.